coming to you dead in front of a dead studio audience. 31 days, 31 podcasts. It's Helpful Snowman Pottoween 2023. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Pottoween today. Uh, today we have episode one, the pilot episode of Friday the 13th, the series. So we kind of did that with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So this isn't necessarily a uh, Halloween special, although it did premiere on October 3rd, 1987. So that's pretty close. Now, here's what's shocking about this. Okay. Where, where, do, I, where do I begin? Um, I'm watching Friday the 13th, the series. It's called Friday the 13th, colon, the series. And the font and the art for the series looks exactly like the Friday the 13th posters, right? Like it's got the font for Friday the 13th and it says the series. And the series is written like uh, it's a hole with like a red light shining through it. You know what I mean? It's, it's very much, it's not reminiscent. It's a straight up ripoff. If this wasn't made by someone who could do that, you know, and get away with it, it would absolutely be like, what the fuck? Like, this is, this seems actionable, right? But it's almost actionable in the opposite way. I think on a little while ago on this show, I talked about somebody had uh, sued a movie company because there was something in a trailer where, like, an actor or somebody appeared very briefly in a trailer, and then their scenes were cut from the movie before the movie actually came out. And this person, like, sued the studio because they were like, you, I went to this movie expecting this actor in it, and they weren't in it, and I deserve, you know. It wasn't like, I want my money back. It was like, we need to make sure this never happens to anyone again. Which sometimes I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I'm like, do we really need to make sure that nobody ever goes to a movie under, you know, false promises again? Is that really... Is that what we're calling a problem? Like, I don't mean to be first world problems because I'm not the biggest, like, I don't really believe in that most times because I'm sort of like, you know, just because my problems are not the worst problems that have ever been experienced doesn't mean they're not problems. <laughs> and like, the, you know, it's pretty unproductive usually to tell people like, you know, some people have worse problems than you. Because that doesn't actually help them at all. Doesn't solve their problem at all. And sometimes first world problems are legitimate problems. They're not like the biggest deal in the world. But like, I'll give you an example. We had a, a we got a pizza delivered. And, you know, we always do the contactless delivery because like, why? Why? You know what I mean? Like, we don't need that. And like, I tip good. And if I was a delivery driver, I would be like, hey, they gave me a good tip. Uh, they just said, set it on the door, the front door, knock and leave. I would be totally fine with that. And you don't even have to say that anymore. Because now it's like, ever since COVID, they've been like, contactless delivery is like a, a checkbox. You know what I mean? And I think everybody gets it and everybody's cool with it. Like, it's not a big deal. Um... And, you know, it's not like, to me, it's not a disrespectful thing. It's not like, oh, fuck you, this person's beneath me. It's just like, hey, look, I'm not looking for a fucking friend. Okay, I wanted a pizza, not a buddy. And, you know, whatever. It's a job. So, 
we we got the contactless delivery, but and the guy came, and I was in the shower, and Poonmaster Flex uh, was downstairs, and the guy kept knocking on the door. And so she looked out, and it was the pizza guy, and she's like, hmm, th- there must be some issue or something. You know what I mean? Like, maybe th- he was trying to do it, or maybe he just didn't notice. And she opened the door, and he was like, um, I know you put contactless delivery, but I wanted to knock and talk to you because I was wondering if you read your Bible. And so I was like, what the fuck? Um, because A, it was like, does your pizza place know you're doing this? Because I'm suspicious they don't. But B, it was like, listen, not only would this be inappropriate, even if I did contact full delivery. But, like, if I did contactless delivery and you're like, I chose to ignore your request, uh, which we make a very easy thing to do online. I chose to ignore that. And then because I wanted to ask you if you read your Bible. And I was like, what an asshole. You know what I mean? Because also I'm like, she has read the Bible, by the way. You know, I don't know. You know. She kind of was like taken aback and was just sort of like, hey, look, I've read the Bible, but I'm not discussing that with you. Pizza guy who just came to the house. You know what I mean? Also, I was like, I wish I could like take that tip back, by the way. I'm not like a person who's like, oh, it took too long. I'm going to reduce the tip or like, eh, it wasn't that good. I'd like to reduce the tip. It's like, listen, <laughs> if that's what you're going to be doing. I I feel that the tip I gave was far too generous for that. But also, you really, there's not a lot of ways that a delivery driver can unearn a tip from me, but that's one of them. Because it's like, listen, man, I, I just want a pizza. And if I'd known, if they were like, so someone's going to ask you if you've read the Bible, they're going to ignore the contactless delivery and ask if you read it, I'd be like, oh, cool, I'll order from somewhere else. Or I would be like, I'll just go pick it up myself. If that's the cost of doing business, you know, I'll, I'll do that. It's not even that I'm anti-religious. It's just that I don't like that form of it because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm aware. If I wanted to go find religion, I can. That's not a difficult thing for me to do. So I don't, I don't need it sold to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. Even, even if the guy had just left one of those cheap, you know, mini Bibles with the pizza, I wouldn't have minded. I would have thought, oh, that's weird. But I would have been like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's inoffensive to me. It's in, it's not obtrusive in the same way. Anyway, (laughs) uh, you know, so I I wanted to like leave a review of that place because I'm like, this should not be happening. But uh, again, I wouldn't go on the level and that, that is the definition of like a first world problem, right? The guy who delivered my pizza forced me to open the door, but it's still annoying and it's still not, not a problem. Um, but what I'm getting at here is like, I think suing a a movie company for like a ton of money for that is probably a little outrageous. You know what I mean? If Taylor Swift is going to sue someone for like a dollar for saying things that aren't true, and it's like just for the one dollar because it's like to make the point. I think it's like you could make your point and sue the film company, but not for not to the tune of whatever. All that being said, 
Friday the 13th, the series, if somebody sued the makers of that, I would be on their side <laughs> because the producer, okay, here's what it was the deal. I'm watching this fucking series and it's like starts off and there's an antique shop and uh, this old man is there and like ghosts come out and kill him and the antique shop is getting passed down to his niece and nephew who are like grown people but you know young people and they come in they decide to sell off like all the antiques and then a guy who procures all the antiques shows up and is like what the fuck are you doing you can't sell all this stuff it's haunted as hell it's all cursed it's all bad and they're like oh shit we need to go get all these antiques we sold back right which i'm like why do you have an antique store if you can't sell any of the antiques because they're all cursed, like just have them in a house or a storage locker. <laughs> like don't, don't put them. If you don't want to sell antiques, big piece of advice for me, don't open an antique store. It'd be like if I opened a bookstore for my personal library and was like, I really don't want anyone to buy any of this. And it would be kind of a disaster if anyone did. And I would have to spend a lot of time reacquiring everything. Those, those same copies of that. Because this is just unacceptable. <laughs> and so I'm watching this happen. And then so it turns into a story of they're trying to reacquire this first item, which is a haunted doll. Right. Um, and so this girl gets a haunted doll. And, you know, the doll does all this stuff where it, it can magically move things with its mind. So, you know, it like the evil stepmom goes careening down the stairs after stepping on a metal roller skate, the type of which I've don't think existed after like the 1950s but whatever and like the doll the doll kills a couple people i can't remember how it kills everybody it kills a mechanic who's like okay so the girl tries to actually steal the doll at one point from the antique store i know this sounds convoluted but whatever she runs out of the store the doll the store with the doll and it's nighttime and she goes by this like auto shop and there's these two mechanics there and one of them's like what are you doing here? Where are your parents? And, you know, you're like, yeah, okay, this is like a normal, responsible adult, and it's probably 7 p.m., and is like, there's a small child with a porcelain doll just ran into our garage. This is not... Something is wrong. But then he says something mildly rapey, and you're like, oh, well, there you go. So the doll kills him. Uh, tries to kill the stepmom. Probably the best killing the doll attempts. There's some old lady who's like the next door neighbor who is mildly chastising the child for eating too many cookies is like listen you've eaten almost the entire bag like you're gonna spoil your dinner but then gives her the cookies anyway and the doll is still like eh fuck you still and the doll <laughs> there's a stack of uh, vinyl records that you know the, the doll whips at the old lady which I was like see kids that's why you need vinyl records what, are you going to whip an MP3 at somebody? Throw an iPod at a grandma? You've only got one. You can't just, like, wing them across the room. It doesn't, it doesn't have nearly the same effect on film. So, um, they, they chase the girl to a playground where the doll is, like, you know, trying to kill them with... Uh, there's a great swing set. So, it's a swing set. It's like a giant capital T, right? With a one swing on each side. So they paint the center post of the swing set to look like a clown's two legs and the T bars coming out from the sides that the swings hang 
from are painted like a clown's arms, and they put a giant clown head on top. And then for the show, a, a huge flame comes out of the clown's mouth. And I was like, you know, I have a feeling this clown swing set is a real thing, and they just added the flame. That's the only addition to this. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm very suspicious that some person was like, yeah, I think hanging from a clown's arm seems unscary to kids. And everybody else was like, that's completely incorrect, but okay. Um, and so it ends with them, they all get on a merry-go-round that the doll makes go super fast, which I was like, hmm. Actually, I seem to recall that, like, a kid died this way. They did that thing where they, like, hooked a car up to pull a cable to make the merry-go-round spin super fast. And I think a kid flew off and, like, hit his head on a curb and died. So I was like, all right, this, isn't, this is actually silly and threatening at the same time. Um, and then basically what happens is the adult woman cousin inheritor of the antique store takes the doll away from the girl, and that's the end. And I was like, well, that was kind of easy. And they throw it in this uh, vault that's beneath the antique store. And the, you know, procurer of items is like, well, that's one down. It should be safe in this vault or we should be safe from it. But, you know, wow, we've got so many other items to get. And that's the end of the first episode. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be wondering, what the fuck does this have to do with Friday the 13th? There is no Jason. There is no Camp Crystal Lake. There are, there is no camping. There's no counselors. There are no cabins. There is nothing. And it turns out that that's because the series was created and originally supposed to be called The 13th Hour. But this guy, Frank Mancuso Jr., uh, who also worked on a bunch of the Friday the 13th movies, thought that name would turn people off. So he's like, eh, why not call it Friday the 13th? And the reason why not call it Friday the 13th is because it has nothing to do with the series Friday the 13th. Now, I'm a Halloween 3 defender because I like the movie. And I think it stands on its own. And, you know, I think of the existing movies. For me, it's probably in the top five Halloween movies. But I mean, like, I went into that knowing very clearly this has nothing to do with Michael Myers. There's no Michael Myers in it. There's never going to be, and I think if you watch the movie maybe about two-thirds of the way, maybe even a third, you're like, oh, I don't think this is a Michael Myers movie. Something else is happening here. But it also kind of works because even if you were expecting Michael Myers, um, what that causes is sort of the horror jumps out at you from a different angle, and it's also such a crazy premise for a movie. If you know nothing about Halloween 3, I would just watch it. Just watch it, knowing that it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. And then, once you finish watching it, call someone on the phone and just be like, I'm going to describe to you the plot of this movie. I'm going to describe to you this old man's plan. And uh, at the end of it, I'm going to make my best guess as to why he was doing the things he was doing. Just because, like, why not? Let's keep it interesting. This show is like, we use the Friday the 13th font, we call, and we called it Friday the 13th The Series. So it wasn't even called Friday the 13th or Friday the 13th or something like that. It was called Friday the 13th colon The Series. And so you're like, well, that to me indicates that this is the same thing. 
right? I don't know. So it's kind of just like an X-Files or an ongoing thing, you know, where they're like, okay, we've set it up. We have all these antiques that we have to recover and each one will have some kind of curse to it and blah, blah, blah. It's not a terrible idea for a show, right? There was a, there was a comic that kind of did this same thing. It was like they found, I don't know, some weird experimental facility and it had all these crates in it. And basically they had to open all the crates. And, you know, each crate they opened had something in it that was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is not a good thing to exist. Um, I guess the other thing to say about this particular episode is that, it, you know, it, it's in the haunted doll realm. And I've seen quite a few haunted doll things, you know, obviously the Chucky movies. I've seen about half of those. and I would say they're mostly good. But I think the later ones are actually shittier because they get, they're just so boring and unimaginative for the most part that, you know, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. But some other recent ones, I watched Brahms, The Boy 2. Uh, Spoilers coming for Brahms, but also for The Boy 1. So The Boy 1, the premise is basically that this lady comes out to this, like, you know, spooky house in the middle of nowhere and there's a porcelain doll that's you know i don't know toddler sized and uh she has to take care of the doll and they're like a list of rules and it's like you have to read a story to it at bedtime you have to kiss the doll you have to uh wake up with the doll you cannot have guests in the house you have to do all these things and it's like okay but you know she's kind of like this is really fucking weird But if people are willing to pay me nanny fee for taking care of a doll, I guess I'll do it. So she's taking care of the doll, and then weird stuff starts happening, you know, and the doll seems to be moving around on its own or whatever. And kind of the whole thing of the movie is, it's trying to convince you that, like, it seems that this doll couldn't possibly be haunted, because it doesn't, it's like, the movie is not that kind of movie. The movie doesn't work if the doll is actually haunted and it's something supernatural happening. It's more like the movie's trying to be like, uh, that seems like the most likely explanation and yet it's completely irrational and I refuse to believe it, right? And so it turns out what's going on is there's actually a, a boy living in the walls and, uh, you know, which I've come to call a the boy situation. So whenever we're watching a movie and I'm like, maybe someone lives in the walls. I'm like, hmm, are we headed for a the boy situation happening? A Brahms? A real Brahms is in this house. Um, so, you know, it turns out, yeah, the doll is not haunted at all. It's just like the boy was in the wall. So it's like the boy is watching, listening to her read the story and doing all the things and like sneaking out and eating the food that's prepared for Brahms and stuff like that. Brahms, the boy too, is so weird because it's like, it's the same doll and it's the same house. And they worked so hard in the first movie to be like, you know, well, the doll is not actually haunted. And then in the boy too, they're like, eh, fuck it. The doll is just actually haunted. And it's like, it's porcelain face gets broken. And there's like this creepy living, uh, distorted flesh underneath. And so you're like, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess they just decided to go with like, you know what, fuck it. Like, let's how how do we 
write ourselves out of this one. And they're like, we could just not. We could just make, <laughs> make it be, he's fucking haunted this time. Yeah, you know, wasn't haunted last time, but he's haunted this time. So, uh, but you know, for me, where it's at is Megan, M3GAN, which is about a haunted AI learning doll that, of course, does the classic robot thing of like, be its best friend, be this, be this child's protector and best friend. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll protect her. All right. But Megan is great because the people who made Megan know exactly what they're making. Um, you know, it's like at some point Megan is like spider walking through the woods and it's really great, but also Megan is creepy looking and it's one of the few creepy doll movies where everybody in the movie is like, this doll is creepy as fuck. Like, why is this? Why did you make a modern doll and dress it like this creepy Victorian style? And, you know, is, do you not find this creepy? They like put, they don't have a face on Megan at some point, you know, like flesh and she's horrifying and someone comments on it. Or there's a part where, uh, the, the girl who like has Megan as a friend, they go to a, I don't know, some kind of camp or something and they're getting out of the car. And one of the camp counselor people is like, Oh, let me help your other daughter get out. And then Megan turns her face towards the lady and the lady's like, Oh Jesus Christ. And is like, okay, this is a creepy doll. And you're like, that is the correct reaction to have to Megan. Oh, Jesus Christ. So anyway, Megan is, is great. Because Megan knows exactly what it is and what it's doing with Haunted Dolls. Uh, Friday the 13th, the series was fine. But I guess, like, I don't know. Maybe it's a little buyer beware and it's my fault. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to sue the company but what i am saying is that if someone else did i wouldn't be upset about it